Forum with your host, Seema Vasa. Our program is designed to bring you business tips and success stories directly from the people who are making it happen. If you could use a little motivation and a lot of ideas to help you and your company move forward, stick around for the next hour. Now, here is Seema Vasa. Welcome to the forum. I'm Seema Vasa, your host. Today we have an exciting lineup. We have two very special women who are going to be talking about career and choices. We have Shelly Seward, who is a marketing professional and PR professional, has nearly 20 years of experience. She also is an entrepreneur. She founded her own company, Capture Marketing, in 2012. Shelly has received many honorable rewards, one of which a special recognition is the recipient of Milwaukee Business Journal 40 Under 40 Award. Our second guest is Ajwa Dadzi. She is the Vice President of Human Resources at Comcast Cable. She is responsible for leading all aspects of people operations, including employee engagement, leadership development, and talent acquisition. Prior to Comcast, Ajwa has experiences at Nestle and PepsiCo, wonderful Fortune 500 companies. In 2017, Ajwa also founded a blog called Yes, She's the Boss. It's a blog for millennial women. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. Ajwa, I want to start with you. We continue to hear about women, specifically millennial women, leaving corporate America, not wanting to conform, if you will, to the culture and the the requirement that's needed to survive in corporate America. Is that something that you see as well through your experiences? Yes, it's um, interesting you should bring that up because it's absolutely a growing trend. A lot of very, very talented, um, particularly millennial women, enter into more corporate environments, maybe you know fairly early in their career, and then have experiences that make them wonder if corporate is really the right space for them. And they vacate and often um, try to embark on entrepreneurial ventures exclusively. So that's definitely a growing trend and one that I, you know, have a little bit of heartburn around, honestly, um, being in the space that I'm in. Why do you say heartburn? I have heartburn around it because being in a corporate environment, I see so many roles of very large scope and scale, vice president, vice president, senior vice president, president level roles, and they're largely held by men. And as this new generation, our millennial workforce and our Gen Z workforce vacate roles early in corporate, that means less of a leadership pipeline for women. So when we fast forward 20 years, we may be having the very same conversation we're having today around very few women in more senior roles. So that's where I have heartburn because I, for some people, being an entrepreneur is absolutely the right thing to do. But what I generally notice is people becoming entrepreneurs, as I say, out of spite. <laughs> they become frustrated by the corporate sector and then say, well, maybe I'll try being an entrepreneur, even though that may not be their passion and that may not be even their greatest source of strength. So that's where I have heartburn because I want to see women who I think can add a tremendous amount of value to the leadership pipeline in a more corporate setting stay there so that we can have the type of leadership diversity that is needed in more corporate organizations. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And hopefully we will not be having this conversation 20 years from now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shelly. Shelly, tell us, you you were one of those people that left uh, a corporate job and decided to start your own company. Give us a little bit of a flavor as to what made you make that choice. 
I think for me it was, um, I spent, you know, almost 12 years in nonprofit, um, then went into some association management, and then ultimately into to corporate and sports marketing. And for me, um, I knew at a young age, um, given our family history of entrepreneurship, that it was something that I wanted to do, um, in particular seeing my grandma um, own and operate her own company. Um, and so as a young girl, I got to, to witness and, and see firsthand her leadership of uh, running a business and then also um, being able to manage her, her household and have a, a wonderful family. So for me, it was something that I always had set my mind on, um, and the opportunity presented itself um, and started Capture um, almost six years ago. That's fantastic. And and what is it about entrepreneurship that allows you to tie different people? Like, what's that need to become an entrepreneur? Or is it something that you, was just p- passed down through your family to say, this is a good path for you to be able to kind of have a fulfilling life? I think for me, it, it was a little bit of the pass down that I got to see firsthand um, the impact that it made. But I think also for me, to be able to create um, some of the, the successes um, that we've had and be able to have the impact on the community that I have always wanted to have. That's fantastic. Uh, Ajwa, from your perspective, what, you know, kind of thinking through, you know, it's almost as if, you know, people uh, choose corporate America and there's always this side feeling of, should I go out and start something on my own? And with technology and everything being so easy to start up now, there's not a lot of barriers to entry to get set up. What's your, what's the kind of the counterbalance to keep people in corporate America that you see? Well, I, I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done um, that organizations can and should be doing more of. And I think a lot of it is around flexibility, flexibility in where you work and how you work. Not many, to your point about technology, I think there's still so much work that organizations can do to make it easier to get great work done on a day-to-day. And right. sometimes the uh, yeah, sometimes the inability um, to have the top technology and just simplification of processes can be really frustrating, especially to people who are very talented and have scope and skill to take on more work, in which case that, you know, lends for some people to say, this may not be for me. Um, Right. So I think that's one of the things that, you know, organizations really do need to look at and that we consistently look at in my current organization, you know, constantly. But I think also it's really challenging work and really great bosses. I mean, (laughs) when you're in an experience where you're going, if this is what corporate looks like, this ain't for me, sometimes that's because you're around people who are in roles of influence and impact that make you think that, you know, you don't want to be that. And if you're not, as an organization, if you're not committed to having the very best leaders and really interesting opportunities that are going to constantly have people growing and becoming better people along the way as they add impact to your organization, then they'll go find those really cool experiences somewhere else. And in any one of us would want that, right? So I think those are additional factors that I think lend to some of the challenges that I see um, in terms of young women vacating roles in corporate. Yeah, and are you seeing young men vacating roles as well, or is it is it really a female thing? You know, I would say it does happen in both genders for sure. I think I tend to notice it more, to be completely transparent sure. um, with women. Um, mm-hmm. I it, I won't say it's exclusively a female challenge, but um, you know, for one one reason or another, there's a lot more men in the pipeline, so I don't notice the the pain. <laughs> Just right, right. For me to articulate it's not so it. obvious. I don't. Yeah, exactly. It's not as obvious, but. Um, 
but no, it is definitely something I think generationally, you know, to your point about technology, how easy it is to stand up being an entrepreneur, even on the side. And if you can get success um, on the side from entrepreneurial ventures while you start in a more maybe structured, more traditional corporate setting, you know, male or female, sometimes people decide to embark on that full time because they enjoy it, they're passionate about it, and, and maybe it gives them a little bit more flexibility into what they feel like they're getting in their more traditional setting. Sure. Yep. And, and I think, Shelley, I, oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I couldn't agree more with her. I, I believe that leadership um, and having the quality leadership regardless of the size of the company that you're in, that's what's going to entice and enable you to mentor individuals and be able to continue to grow and, and lead and create that next generation of leadership. I'd agree with you. So are we are we pointing to leadership as kind of being the 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 crying call in terms of, you know, in any organization to attract and retain people regardless of size is is that really the driving factor from your perspective, Shelley? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I think you have to lead by example and you have to have the leadership qualities. Um, and as what was discussed earlier, you know, that flexibility of, mm-hmm. um, in, in our corporation and at Capture, we have a lot of flexibility. We've, we've never missed a deadline. Um, and we pride ourselves on that. Um, uh, but we allow for our team members, um, to go on a field trip or to, um, go, you know, to different doctor appointments and that and work, um, at what point is, is best for them, um, and to ensure that we always hit our deadlines for our clients. That's great. That that definitely, it, it allows a person to be whole, if you will, versus just being singularly focused, it sounds like. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and Ajua, from your perspective, is it, is it leadership as well within corporate America or is there more to it? Is it culture? Is it the excessive politics? Like, well, I, you know, I worked at IBM, great company, but I recall feeling like I spent so much of my time politicking and really kind of working the game versus focused on the content. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I do think the crux of it is leadership because all of that other stuff, politics or lack of experience or lack of growth opportunity, opportunity or lack of flexibility, all of that ultimately can go away when you have really great leaders in place, sure. even including the culture. You know, leaders shape the culture. People, people shape the culture. So if you have great right. people in your organization, you know, it can actually cure a lot of evils. Um, so I do think that that is the root of mm-hmm. having a positive impact in the workplace. So it starts from the top. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it actually comes from all angles, right? So I do think it starts at the top. But even if I think about some of my supervisors here, my frontline leaders, and the even the, sm- the small ripple effects have large-scale impact. And I can't underestimate how much um, – individually, each of us can play a really significant role in changing a culture and impacting a culture, especially because of your kind of point around technology. We talk about our leaders. We snap our leaders. We, you know, we, you know, tweet our experiences. Like we are constantly on display in one way or another. And you don't really know how that impact is going to shape things. And there's been a lot of things that I can point to actually that have started not so much at the top. They become a groundswell from some of the, um, I guess what you would consider some of the more entry level positions in our organization because of what they saw from their direct leader. So, you know, I think we all have an opportunity to have a voice and make change. 
Yeah, and I, I, I guess another way of saying it, everybody's accountable for making change. If, if you're not happy yeah. with something, then unite together Absolutely. and try to create the change regardless of the organization you're in. Absolutely. And, and Shelly, your organization, do you have, I, I know that there's so much about culture and flexibility, but do you have somebody solely focused on creating a culture and kind of monitoring the, the way that you approach things, or is it uh, relatively organic? It's relatively organic for us. Um, you know, I think we all, with everybody bringing different skill sets and different personalities um, to the team, um, it's it's almost a, a self-monitoring that um, individuals recognize if we need to do a little bit of culture shift um, and what that may be in, in individuals that have the ability to make that shift step up and, and are able to do that. It's, 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 it's almost fluid. It's so funny when I can walk into a room and you can actually feel the vibe of what's going on and nobody even says a word and, and you, you draw a conclusion and you can create an action plan to kind of shift that mood. That sounds so basic, but I find that to happen many times. And just, you know, and just having that energy and that mood that you were talking about to be able to, um, to be able to drive uh, projects forward and, and be able to discuss um, and brainstorm new different ideas, particularly in, in the marketing and public relations and events, um, that's, it's so important um, to be able to have. And so, you know, some individuals um, are better at it than others and, and really identifying those individuals and being able to count on them for their leadership in, in that angle and that area really helps us. That sounds, that sounds very, very true. It resonates. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'd love to spend a little time understanding both of your career choices and the decisions you made to get to be where you are. So when we come back, please join us and hear more about the stories of Shelley Seward and Ajwa Dadzi. Stay tuned. the boardroom to you voice america business network don't fly blind blink insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions we have walked in our clients shoes and understand their challenges we will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions blink insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. 
You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And get Amplified. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to The Forum. I'm talking to two amazing women, Shelly Seaworth and Ajawa Dadzi. They are sharing their stories from their perspectives of corporate America to entrepreneurship. And before we left on the break, we were going to dive into this segment um, and talk about the choices that they made to get them to their career thus far. And Ajwa, I wanted to ask you, you have such a roster of impressive companies on your resume. Give us an idea of how you made those choices and how you continue, you know, what your plans are to continue to evolve. So thank you for that. I honestly really was diligent around the organizations that I decided to be a part of, and I focused on culture, honestly. You know, so when I decide which organizations I'd like to be a part of, I do my research, of course, Glassdoor, I do research on LinkedIn, and even as I go through the process of interviewing, I ask really pointed questions about two main questions to determine the culture. And a lot of times people will say, tell me about your culture. But I usually ask, you know, what are some of the things you recognize members of your team for? What are some of the things you reward people for? Because the things that get recognized and rewarded tell you about the culture. So if all you hear is results, 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 then you pretty much generally get that it might be a bit more of a harsher or type A type of person type of culture unless you hear the balance of rewards and effort and teamwork and mentoring, things of that nature. Um, So that's how I decided which organization to be a part of. And while I've been there, you know, I also like being a part of an organization that has a large frontline workforce. I just generally like working with individuals who touch our customers on a day-to-day. So I've worked in manufacturing plants, factories, you know, distribution centers, warehouses, as well as, you know, the corporate offices, so to speak. And I loved the balance of having both sides because the real work happens on the manufacturing floor and in the warehouse, and I like being able to positively impact the lives of those employees in that space. Interesting. When you talk about frontline work, is that the uh, client-facing organization or is it something else? Correct. It's the the client-facing. So, you know, Again, because the companies I've been a part of, like Pepsi and Nestle, you know, they make food, right, food and beverages. So for me, it's been the individuals who are driving the trucks 
from the warehouse bringing Pepsi gotcha. to the 7-Eleven or um, the person who's selling in product to the Walmart receiving manager. Um, and then here at Comcast, it's literally the technicians who are climbing up the poles to get your cable set up or coming into your home to set up your cable on the inside. So it's definitely the frontline customer-facing group. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting, and and those are the people who probably have such a tough job sometimes interacting with customers, depending on exactly. on the challenges. Absolutely. So you talked about those two questions. I just wanted to ask you, what were the responses that you got from Comcast when you when you, you were asked those questions? When you asked those questions. Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> at Comcast, actually, um, my leader said he rewards his team on based on who they develop which I was like you're awesome <laughs> so yeah that is pretty amazing oh my gosh it was the most amazing I've never heard that answer before yep. and conversely he said so tell me about who you've been developing over the last couple of years you know and I was at the time I was working for Nestle so I said okay you know so we talked about how I develop people underneath me and my team there um and then another person who I met with in the process at Comcast mentioned the teamwork component. So there's specific, we call them um, leadership goals or contribution goals. So it's really about the how behind your behavior. So you could be knocking it out of the park on all of your KPIs from a results perspective, but if people hate working with you or they think that, you know, you're mean and, you know, your team hates you, then you will not get an outstanding rating. You will not get, you know, an achieved rating in many cases even. You'll probably get a below target rating because how you... um, how you get the work done is just as important as the work itself. So I was just really impressed with that and, and how a company that has 100,000 employees across the entire country still looks at the how in terms of the results. I was so impressed with that. That is impressive. And Shelly, how about you? What, where, where, how did, tell us your story. I love your grandmother's story. So if you could share that a little bit, that'd be fantastic. But then uh, share some of the choices you made to get, get, get you to where you are today. Sure, certainly. Yeah, my grandma is is 92 years old and um, still with us, and and still I'm very fortunate to be able to sit down and share many stories with her. But she owned an interior decorating um, company, and um, being young, I was able to many times go into the office and be able to go out to um, the parade of homes that she was decorating and to be able to see that. And and what a role model she was, um, not only for me but for so many of showing us that. Um, especially during a time period that not a lot of women worked, much less owned their own company, um, that you could own your own company and that you could um, have a family. So she has always always been a mentor to me, always been a role model to me, and um, it's, it's been fun to be able to share uh, my experience um, in starting and being an entrepreneur with her. So she is, she's definitely been there kind of throughout the way for me. Um, my path was um, a little bit different in, in that I spent a lot of time in, in nonprofit. And for me, it was um, in looking at organizations, even in, in the nonprofit realm, that really were able to run it like a business as well. So had the same accountability, had um, the goals, had the strategic plan in place. Um, really was able to be able to focus and run that nonprofit like a business. Um, and so for myself, it was um, so I spent some years at um, a large national hospital organization and then went to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. So from there, I was able to really hone in and, and develop those relationships that ultimately helped me even into my career um, today. 
And so when I left the National MS Society, um, my department was responsible for roughly raising $6 million a year through events and marketing. And then um, I went on, um, and again, through the relationships and through that networking opportunity, um, was introduced um, to the next organization that I had, had went to. And again, for... For everybody, I would say, particularly, you know, the younger generation, that relationship building, that networking, that development that you can do really will impact you the rest of your career. So ultimately, I tell so many people that right out of college, I submitted my first resume. Um, After that, it was individuals reaching out saying, hey, we have a position here that really might be a good fit for you. Would you be able to send? And it it wasn't that kind of just out looking for a job. It was more right. individuals reaching out. So I think that's right. so such an important thing um, mm-hmm. that that individuals realize. Um, and then, you know, I went into some sports marketing, again, because of a relationship and, and development. And at that um, individual um, sports um, client, they needed me not only to look at the marketing aspects of things, but also then create a nonprofit um, so that that organization could be able to give back to the community. So from that, from all of that experience, I really went into starting Capture, um, thinking that we were going to have, you know, make an impact and, and a footprint um, in that world of cause marketing uh, for corporations, but also for um, that sports athletes and, and sports teams foundations. And you had some hesitation to break into the sports in- industry, is that correct? Or, or was Absolutely, it- yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's, it's extremely male-dominated. Um, it is, um, you know, there is a little bit of a shift that I would say that is going on now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was, um, was hesitant. But I think as, as we made through it, just, you know, as if any corporation, um, once you'll be able to prove yourself, once you'll be able to, build those relationships, establish your, your foundation as an individual and what you can all provide. Um, it's, we've made, we've made progress. That's great. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing a shift. I mean, I can't speak for all industries, but there's certainly industries that are changing. And I do agree with, with both of you and that relationships are crucial. In fact, I give the advice, much of the same advice and saying, you know, when we're out meeting clients or talking to prospects, I always look at people and say, look, these are the people that you're going to do business with, baby, possibly in 10 years. And you might be on the other side of the table. Um, it's such a crucial piece of the pie in business that sometimes I think it's underestimated. Um, if you had to think about some advice for, I'd say women, but I would just say for, for professionals, Ajwa, what would you give advice for in terms of um, thinking about career planning and longevity? You know, um, I was just asked that question yesterday, actually. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) one Mm -hmm. of the things I would really encourage anybody to do is to really do a few different things. One, I think clarity is really important. And you don't have to have it all figured out, but you do need to know what you're really good at and what you're really passionate about and what's important to you. So, because if you don't know kind of where your strengths are, where your passions are, where your corporate values are, your organizational values are, then you'll find yourself kind of ebbing and flowing with everything. And I don't think that's a good space to be in. Um, the other thing I think that's, you know, if I could tell people to do anything is to persevere. You know, I was telling someone a story yesterday about um, when I was on an interview and, you know, they asked you one of those questions 
when I was first starting out, because I started off as an admin and then transitioned into, you know, different roles, and I was in an admin role trying to transition, and I was asked, well, what do you want to be in the next five to ten years? And right. I said, in five years, I want to be this, and in ten years, I want to be an HR director, and I was so excited, and, <laughs> and I was <laughs> pumped, right? And yeah. the person interviewing me was a very senior leader, and she said, mm, that seems a little too aggressive, right? Okay. And, yeah, right. Um, yeah, and I remember telling this person the story because I said that perseverance is so important because there will be people at every point in your career who I think think they're doing you a favor, protecting you, so to speak, from potentially disappointment or failure, but you determine your outcome, and you determine your readiness, you determine your openness to different opportunities. Um, so that ability to persevere is so incredibly important, and flexibility is really important, and that comes with the relationship building as well. You know, being able to, you know, not just take opportunities because they're going to get you a promotion. Each opportunity gives you a different experience, and experiences matter too. You know, they help you build relationships. They help determine your brand, and you have a brand. Everybody else knows your brand, even if you don't right. know your brand. Whether you know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's important, I think, to be very flexible while still not losing sight of what's important to you along the way. Right. So, you know, that would be those three things would be my piece of advice to anybody at any stage in their career. That's sound advice. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we're going to continue the conversation with our two, two uh, women professional guests and stay tuned for after the break. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. 
Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. And we're back. I'm sitting and talking to our guest, Shelly Seward and Ajwa Dadzi. And both have such a well-respected career and different paths that they chose. Ajwa is in uh, corporate America. Shelly is an entrepreneur. And when we left for the break, we were talking a little bit about some tips that uh, these two women would share with others in terms of building their career. Shelly, I wanted to ask you your perspective in terms of advice or tips that you would give people starting out in a career or even mid-career. What what are some of the truths that you rely on as you think about your career? I think I echo some of the some of the things that were shared earlier, but one being passion. You know, know know what you as an individual are passionate about. Um, so that whether it's you know nonprofit or for profit or corporate, um, or if it's a specific cause, whatever it is that you're passionate about. Because if you're not passionate about something, um, it, it's it's not going to have the same effect um, either on you or other individuals. Um, I think another item is really that relationship building and developing your your network, your own personal network, um, finding somebody that can be a mentor to you, that as you come across some different opportunities, as you um, are thinking about different changes within your life, that someone who has had that seasoned experience that can help you walk through that and be able to potentially open up other doors for you or other avenues that you hadn't thought about. So I think those are two, you know, main things. That I would that I would strongly recommend to individuals, and then the third thing would be um, really getting involved um, in associations, organizations, um, and in your community. Because so many times, again, it's building your network, but so many times those lead to things that you could have never imagined. That's great. That's great advice. Let's talk about involvement a little bit more. Our are, I'm curious what types of associations or organizations that you guys I- individually are part of and how that has helped you. Aja, what do you want to start with that? Sure. So um, I'm currently a board member on the Urban League for Southern Connecticut, and I actively participate in the Make-A-Wish Foundation here in Connecticut. And I think what I find personally so fulfilling is that as you go, you get so caught up, I think, in times in your own life and what's happening, good or not so great. And when you are engaging in the community, you are getting a perspective, you're staying grounded, and you're able to positively impact other people's lives in a very selfless way. And through that process, I've found so much growth and development. I've learned so much about myself and about the world and about other people just by engaging with people who have different experiences than me, have come from different backgrounds than me, have had different challenges than me, but I've also established a lot of commonality and similarities with people who've had similar challenges to me or similar upbringing to myself. And and I just find that when people are more involved in the community, everybody wins. 
you know, you get to share your perspective, your learnings, you learn from other people. So much positive, so much good comes out of those experiences. So I'm pretty passionate, particularly about Make-A-Wish. I'm incredibly passionate about the Make-A-Wish Foundation, but I'd have to agree with Shelly around her her recommendation around making sure people are active in the community because we do not win as a society at all if people are not giving back to the larger good. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Shelly, how about you? Organizations that um, you belong to, I, I noticed that you're part of the Rotary Club. Uh, give us a flavor of how you select organizations you're part of and, and how has that helped you? Sure. I am involved both um, with organizations on, uh, that are professional and then some that are cause-related. Um, and so the one that I'm probably most engaged with on a professional level is um, the Waukesha County Business Alliance here. So really being able to work with other um, companies uh, within our larger community and our region um, on issues that are affecting us all, and then also being able to um, take advantage um, and continue to grow myself as far as the education that is offered. So always continuing to grow and to be a part of it and be able to share with them some of of our expertise um, to help some of the other members. And then on more cause um, relation, I am um, on the board of a national organization called Golden September, um, whose purpose is to raise awareness about childhood cancer, uh, with oh. gold being the color and September being the month for that. Um, but really, you know, with a number of um, wonderful, great causes and organizations that are out there, I really look to see which ones align with my individual passion, whether it's for that cause or for an individual that um, has been affected um, by it, and really be able to see then where they need assistance. You know, if they need accounting assistance, I might not be the best individual to be sitting on their board. Um, It would not make sense for me or for them. So really making sure that we align with what I have to offer as an individual and what the organization needs. That's good advice. So it's it's you're, it, it's almost efficient. Uh, it, it's it's basically helping helping both the organization as well as helping yourself develop and grow as as well as a person and professionally. Yes, absolutely, exactly. Yeah. If you had to, you know, I notice a lot in my community. Many many of the people that are kind of doing the community service and leading and and charging the way. I, I do notice that there's a lot of women who do that. Are you guys seeing a balance of contribution uh, as it relates to community service and public service, or is it something that women tend to do more so than men from your perspective? I, you know, I think from mine, I think there is a good balance. Um, quite honestly, a couple of the nonprofit boards that we work with um, have far more male um, on the board than females, um, and then also more however, more females that are, I would say, more on the committee level. Um, sure. So I think, you know, I think I see a mixture based upon what role they are within the community. Um, so I see both both genders, per se, being involved, I think, just in different ways. Yeah, yeah I would, I you, you said it better that. than I did, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's kind of think about... If you had to give yourself advice, you know, when you look at back at your career and think about some of the things you might have changed, is there anything that comes to mind? And, and keeping in mind, 
Ajwa, you've been in the workforce for how many years now? Um, 13. Okay, so keeping in mind that the trajectories are a little bit different uh, compared to Shelly and myself, but what would you have done differently knowing what you know now? And I'll start with Ajwa. Yeah, I would. I, I wish I had thought about my brand more, mm-hmm. sooner okay. and more. Um, and probably the relationship building as well. So I, I look back and think about so many mistakes that I made. So I was thinking about coming out of school and I was just super casual and just whatever, right? <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm smart, like whatever, like everything right, will be fine. Right. I just did not focus on some of the things that I wished I had focused on. And by the time I realized I was supposed to, I didn't, I was like, I felt such a phony half the time leaving work because I, I would just start looking around and going, Oh, how does she dress? Okay. I guess I'll dress like that. How does she act? I guess I'll act like that. How does he do this? I guess I'll do that. And I just would hate myself at the end of the day because I was like, I don't feel like this is me and and all that kind of stuff. So I, if anything, I probably would have, said, okay, relax, but think for yourself who you want to be versus just right. running around following whatever you think is what you're supposed to be. So that would be my, my best advice to myself. <laughs> That's good advice. And when, when you think about personal brand, is, is it, it's not necessarily, you know, clothes or what time you work. And, just talk a little bit more about personal brand to give us a flavor of what you're thinking. Yeah, to me, honestly, I think it is truly the whole package. I do think it's how you show up, you know, physically. Like, what does your attire look like? But right. what does your confidence look like? You know, how do you communicate? How do you treat other people? How do you behave when you think nobody's watching you? I, I literally think about it um, in all aspects. And honestly, I think probably the simplest way that I think about it, now that I'm saying it out loud, is how do you make people feel when you're with them? Right. So when you're working with people, when you're engaging with people in the community or, or in the workplace, mm-hmm. how do people feel when they interact with you? So um, I didn't care about that <laughs> <laughs> at other points in my career. I cared more about how people made me feel when yeah. I was interacting with them. I don't think I was thinking about it in the reverse. Um, and I wish that's that I had. That's a great perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's a great perspective for life, not just work, just anybody that you deal with. How do, know, they, right? how do you make them feel when you interact with them? Right. Yeah. Shelly, how about you? What would you, have, what would you have said to yourself or done differently in looking back? I think um, just realizing that you don't have to be everything to everyone. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that it's okay to, you know, have a niche or have a specialty or um, not know the answer and, and go find the answer. Um, and, and then I think the second thing for me is um, being less afraid, for lack of a better word, but having the confidence in myself that I can do it I, and I am gr- great at what I do in this realm and don't let fear hold you back with what you can or you think you can do. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, particularly, um, you know, with being in the, some of the larger organizations that I was in, it was, you know, I'm a woman or it's the age or right. that I, I shouldn't be at this level at this at this age. And, um, you know, it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I should be at this level. Yeah. I am, right. you know, I'm great at this area of what I do. I can lead this and I can go on. So kind of not letting 
age or gender um, define who you should be or at what point you should be at? Those are great. Both both of you, those are great points of advice to to <laughs> to yourself and also to others. I want to continue that part of the conversation because I've had similar um, perspectives and, and some of the things and how it's played out has been huge. So I'd love to talk more about that after the break. Stay tuned for the sure. forum when we come back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network don't fly blind blink insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions we have walked in our clients shoes and understand their challenges we will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions blink insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the forum. We're talking to two amazing women. They're sharing their story in in terms of their career and advice. And before we left uh, the last segment... Ajumo Dadzi and Shelley Seward shared some advice that they would give to themselves knowing what they know now. And Shelley, you talked about, you know, not being afraid and deciding and not, you know, not being confident, like letting go and letting uh, fear kind of escape your mind. Tell us, how did that feel when you started changing your mindset to adopt, you know, being fearless and being bold? 
You know what? It was it was a transition, um, and it wasn't an easy transition for me. But once once we made that, I mean, even even making the determination to start um, capture marketing, um, you know, we had a family at home, and I was you know had a, a good stable income job, and to make that leap and to go out and do that um, was it was a long and, and hard decision. But once that decision was made, it was very freeing. Um, it still came with some nerves. It still sure. came with um, some questioning. It wasn't like it was all just, you know, rapidly gone. Um, but having that mind shift that, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to work mm-hmm. hard. Um, it may take me uh, longer hours to get it launched and to get it started, but this is something that I can completely and totally do. And so I think that was it was just such a freeing um, mindset. And even as, you know, within one's career or within the company, you know, within captures, building it, there's still times that, you know, that fear comes into your life and you kind of need to, A, realize it um, and recognize that it's there and then make, you know, make a determination, you know, say, okay, I'm either going to go this way or or that way and not just kind of push it to the side and pretend it's not there. Um, So recognizing it um, and and then consciously making a decision as to which way you're going to go. I think that's great advice. And I think the first, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's the awareness that it's, it's kind of in your mind and then making a conscious decision versus just reacting to it or pushing it aside is crucial. Uh, it's actually been one of my themes for this year. And one of the reasons I did the radio show and it was just to be bold and be brave. Why not? Um, so right. it definitely resonates. Uh, Ajua, you were talked also about some really good advice as well in terms of saying, you know, how do people feel when I interact with them? Um, what, what's, what's kind of your thoughts in terms of experiences that you've seen or, you know, in the workplace where people just are not even aware of how they might make others feel? What, can you give us some perspective on that? And even for yourself, when you change your mindset from instead of how do people make me feel, how do I make others feel? Yeah, so if I could, I'll share um, from me personally, because I sure. struggled a while, um, especially in a corporate setting, just trying to feel like I fit in. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to be in HR because I, I knew that there was real upside in terms of the impact I could have for people. But I didn't feel like I had a ton of role models around. And mm-hmm. I remember, kind of back to what I was saying about feeling like, oh, well, how, do you, how does this person make me feel? Can I, can I model myself after them or not, right? And if I couldn't, I would somewhat dismiss them, to be honest. <laughs> and what I, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial, and every piece of, you know, research and documentation that would come out about millennials at the time, like I was every negative stereotype that you can imagine at the time. I was just, <laughs> I was just it. I was just a really spoiled person in the workplace. And it wasn't until I had... I was, had a horrible relationship with one of my bosses at the time, and I completely blamed her for every single thing. And it wasn't until she and I had a conversation, and she said, you know, I, honestly, I feel like leading you is like leading adult, my daughter or something. And I oh, my goodness. Listening oh, dear. to her. And I had this, you know, snarky response. I don't remember what it was, to be honest. But, <laughs> you know, I just had something smart to say. And I had mentally just kind of dismissed her in my mind. Right. So her perspective, even when she said that, didn't even mean anything to me because I didn't like working with her. But I remember reflecting on it later, even in some cases years later, and going, well, 
here, what am I doing? I'm saying that I want all these great things out of my career. What am I doing to help set myself up for that kind of success? I quit that job because I didn't like working with her. Right. But did I have to quit that job? You know, what was it? Now I'll never know because of the decisions that I made. But what I can do at least is learn a little bit, of, a little bit more about myself through that process. And it took a long time, like I said, to figure out, well, who do I want to be? today mm-hmm. at work, you know, like, what, how do I want to show up? And figuring out, well, what's acceptable? And again, you know, being a younger person in the workforce, particularly earlier in my career, I had a lot of people around me who, male or female, they were just significantly older and just had more experience in the workplace. Right. And I really often just felt like, oh my gosh, how do I figure this thing out? But yeah. what I ended up doing was Looking around me, male and female leaders who were influential and impactful, who had something about themselves that I felt like I could personally connect with. So Mm -hmm. there was a leader um, that I worked with when I was at Pepsi. Her name is Wendy Smith, and she was just a phenomenal leader. But what I loved about her was her warmth, and there was something about her ability to connect that... I felt like was something I could also do naturally, but I didn't know that that was accepted at work. You know, I was still kind of like, no, if you want to be in power, you have to be mean. Right, <laughs> and right. Rude and direct. But she was warm <laughs> and brilliant and engaging. And I said, oh, wow, okay, so I can be that. Okay, so I can right. show a little bit of that. And then I had a, a later boss who was really analytical and really detailed, knew her business in and out. So it was like, oh, okay, so I can show that side, even though I'm in HR and I like math and I like to know what the business is. I don't have to just be about, you know, recognition events, right? So it's, I had to take little pieces mm-hmm. from what I saw that was acceptable and tolerated and kind of rewarded and recognized, for lack of a better word, and say, okay, that feels like me. Yep, I'm a little like that. And then build it into what I think I've kind of figured out for today, you know, because at this point in my career, I, I do feel like I show up as my authentic self, but I've realized what parts of myself are most appropriate at work to show. That's good and advice. sometimes, I'm sorry? I said that's great advice too, because you can't yeah. t- show all the pieces, but you pick the pieces that are appropriate for the workplace. Right. Uh, that makes yeah. perfect sense. So, and I love how you stated taking the little bits and pieces of the different individuals that you saw, but yet making it your own. Right. Yeah, I yeah. I totally, you know, when people ask me, is there one person that I look up to? And I, and I state very similar to what you just said, taking bits and pieces of uh, role models and kind of adapting them to myself, which you, you kind of get the best of all worlds in that model. Yeah, but gosh, isn't it so hard to figure it out? <laughs> yes, it is. It is, because you want that one path. person. <laughs> well, anyway, I wanted to thank both of you for joining this conversation today. It's been, I, I love it when I start an interview, and, you know, I have a general idea of where it's going, and it ends up in, in such a different place, and it's so rewarding. I, I really intru- enjoyed the conversation with both of you. So thank you for taking um. the time. I wanted our listeners to get a chance to figure out where they can find you. So, Shelly, if you could just share information about where they could find you, and then I'll, I'll let Ajwa do the same. Sure. Um, I am on Twitter, um, and it's C-H-E-L-L-E-E, Seawert, S-I-E-W-E-R-T. Um, also, feel free to connect via LinkedIn um, or Facebook. And then there's also um, social media set up for Capture Marketing as well. 
Great, thank you. And Ajwa? Hey, well, you guys can reach me on my site, www.yessheistheboss.com, because she, y'all are the boss. We are the boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, of course, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Adjua Dodzi, first name A-D-W-O-A, last name D-A-D-Z-I-E. And if you do join the site at YesShe'sTheBoss.com, I release weekly career videos targeting women who are interested in organizations, large or small, just to help give you a little bit more advice to help navigate some of those tough situations at work. That sounds great. Thanks again for being on the show. We look forward to keeping in touch with both of you. That concludes this this, uh, episode of the forum. We learned such great advice from these two wonderful women. If you want to continue the conversation, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Seema Vasa, S-I-M-A-V-A-S-A. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the show listening next week. Take care. We are so glad you've joined us for the forum. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time with your host, Seema Vasa, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a good week.